remember riding down a hill full speed in about third grade. All I had on was shorts and I'm going down the hill full speed and I'm gripping my hand grips and slowly they begin sliding off. (laughs) And at about full speed, I look up and I've got two hand grips in my hands. The wheel makes a turn. I do a Superman across the street, the cement road for 10 or 15 feet, and I am just shredded down the front of my body. I see my mom over here talking to a lady, and I go run into her, and it was a mess. So, yeah, we're tough, though. I still live to talk about it. Yeah, but you were crying when you ran to your mom. Oh, you had to go there. Yeah. Well, I don't know what all that just had to do with spiritual warfare, but, you know. Live your life with purpose. Change someone's life for the better and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. Dan, Brian, and Terry are ready, so let's get started. If you ever wondered if the Bible is true, just look at what is happening in our world and in our country today. I often get mad. I get angry when I read the news. I get mad at people and I tend to think they're evil people. And then I have to realize that we're not fighting against evil people. We're fighting against evil. It's spiritual warfare. We're fighting against evil in high places. And we have to remember that. We have to love people, but realize where the battle really lies. And that's the topic of today's episode of Finish Strong, spiritual warfare. There's a verse in Isaiah 54, 17. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So I don't want you to be scared when you hear about demonic forces and and demons because God is so much more powerful. God is in control. I'm Dan Wheeler. I'm glad you joined us. And I am alongside of Terry Steen and Brian Rowland. And our producer, John Matarazzo, is here. Uh, He might get involved in this discussion. But the question is, guys, who are we fighting against? It's not people. Or if you're on social media at all, if you see the flights on airplanes the fighting and the people that are just on top of each other got to get thrown off the plane or restaurants fast food restaurants if your order wasn't right there's people climbing over the counter i mean that's where our society's going because they look at it as the battle being against people but we know what scripture tells us in ephesians the sixth chapter we don't wrestle against flesh and blood yeah. But it's against principalities and powers and rulers of the dark age and spiritual hosts. So it is demonic powers that we yeah. are going to be fighting. Yeah. And True. they're powerful. True. You mentioned the fast food restaurant incident, Terry. I didn't think you should get upset just because you didn't get a toy in your Happy Meal. They missed it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I finally told Karen I'd buy I'd upgrade to a value meal and she was all excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like to have fun, but obviously this is a serious uh, topic that we're talking about. We'll we'll get it back on track. We're going to go to Ephesians 6, 14 to 18. That's what we want to base this um, talk about spiritual warfare, this discussion. 
because we read that God has provided us with the weapons we need to fight. And as Terry said, you know, we're fighting against wicked forces. And I often say that's uh, the fact that there's so much evil in the world is proof that the Bible is true because it talks about it. It predicts it. And um, in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And that's what we're going to talk about, the full armor of God. But we need the full armor of God, guys, because (laughs) watch the news, the wickedness, the depravity. Did you ever think you'd see this going on in our country? Never thought I'd see it. And um, and I've been here, what, 71 years now? (laughs) (laughs) I never thought for a day I'd see that. And every time I turn on the news, I have to turn it off. I just can't watch it anymore. Yeah, I feel the same way. The 10th verse, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, day to day, with what's going on in this world, without the strength of the Lord and the power of his might. Mm. I don't know how people do it. I just don't know how to do it. Well, and that's why we need the full armor of God. Let's talk about the the tools and the weapons that God has given us. Um, verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Okay. Let's talk about that. Why would it say the belt of truth? There's some translations that say, having girded your loins with truth, which refers to your lower back and, and your front I, I don't know any other way to say it, but your crotch area. And, and, and in the old days, they would wear long robes. And when they would fight, they'd have to wrap up the material. But, you know, that's the point of sexuality. And that's a place where the enemy tries to get us off course so much. And we have to just fight it with the truth, the word of God, and say, no, I'm, I'm not going to go there. You know, the, the Bible says... It's wrong to give in to those fleshly desires, and it says that we're supposed to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. And that's that's some of the the research that I did. And and when it says, you know, the loins having your loins girded with truth, God's word is true. You know, John seventeen seventeen said the word says the word of God is true, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What are your thoughts, guys? Absolute truth is so critical, and that's something if you look out into the world, you'll see that there's not absolute truth, hmm. yes. and, and that's why it's so important that that truth is like the center part of our body, because if we don't have the absolute truth, which is God's Word, then we can be blown off course any which way, just like the world is right now. Yeah, even Jesus said uh, in John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So that um, belt of truth is so important. And then it says the breastplate of righteousness. I always felt that it said the breastplate of righteousness because that's where the heart is. And we have to protect the heart at all costs. We need the complete 
righteousness of Christ to do that. And the enemy, you know, wants to tempt us with all kinds of untruths, all kinds of entanglements, but their obedience to God is our protection. And the living righteously is going to protect us. You know, when I was younger and times I got away from the Lord, I didn't realize that when I wasn't in obedience to his word, when I wasn't living rightly and filling my life with righteousness, I wasn't under God's protection. Yeah, pure heart. That's a righteous heart. And that's where that breastplate can cover and protect that heart so it's pure and holy before him. Yes. And then, uh, Brian, it says, having our feet shod with the readiness from the gospel of peace. I've, I've struggled with that. I've, I'm wondering what that, that means. And I know you did some uh, research on this. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, um, I like when it says the gospel of peace. Because peace is an attribute of of God, mm. and it's, um, it's it's his very person, his very character, and and in Greek, peace means oneness or wholeness, and the gospel, of course, means good news, and the forgiveness of sins, and when we have access and oneness with God when we accept them into our life, and we can it produces peace, mm. and when we accept them into our heart, it produces peace for us. And Ephesians repeatedly reminds us to stand and stand firm. And that's what it's saying right there, to stand firm and in the gospel of peace. Yes, yeah, so the, the peace kind of helps to anchor us when we stand firm. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's just that um, when we're, the enemy comes at us. If we're not standing firm, he's trying to shake us loose. And when he's trying to shake us loose, uh, that's when temptation comes in, worry comes in, uh, anxiety, anxiousness, and we're robbed of our peace. Mm. But the gospel of peace keeps our feet anchored and standing firm. So I look at that. I say, okay, well, how am I going to apply that? How do I do that? And it's setting my securities and identity in God's work and not my work. Mm -hmm. It's what he's doing and not what I'm doing. And I got to keep that as my focus. And I'm standing firm in that. And I got to surround myself with scripture about the truth and the place that Christ has in my life. So we have the... That's where I find that out. Yeah, that's, that's good. The belt of truth. Buckle around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Yeah. And next we we read about taking up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I really love that because, you know, when Paul wrote this, back in the day there, the Romans, when they were the soldiers fighting, they had big shields they carried with them. And these shields were covered with animal hide. And they would take these shields and they would go down to the river and they would soak them in there, dip them in, soak them, get them good and wet right before they went to battle. Because when they would go to battle, then all the flaming arrows that were coming at them and the darts, uh, they would hit them and they would immediately extinguish. And that's what it's saying about having our shield of faith Mm. ready, that in a similar way, our shield of faith is dipped in water, which would be God's word. We have to keep hmm. up our, our daily reading. We have to keep up our daily prayers and communication with God because faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word, it says over in Romans ten seventeen. So we got to continue to do that. So if we need to find verses that feed our faith and we just fill our world with them, you know, and then, and then we set our, our faith on God's character and not on the circumstance that's going on around us. Just had to set our faith on him and his character. Oh, that's good. Uh, I tell you guys, isn't it fun to to do the research? Because a lot of these scriptures we've read, but when we do these podcasts, we're able to to dig into it 
And, you know, we've read this probably hundreds of times, but do you really stop to think about that shield of faith and extinguishing the, the flaming arrows of the evil one? He's, he's shooting them at us constantly. He's coming at us all the time. And then the helmet of salvation, Terry. Yes, the helmet of salvation. We all know about what salvation represents to each of us. But in my research, it was interesting that the Arabic version of that verse refers to this as the helmet of the Savior. Hmm. Oh, really? So the salvation was kind of synonymous with the Savior. So obviously, the minute we accept Christ, the minute we're saved, boom, (laughs) that helmet's on our head. That's the helmet of our Savior. So we put Christ on immediately when we're saved, and then he protects our head. He protects our thoughts. You know how easy it is for when we first become a Christian to think that, uh, well, you know, I that probably really didn't happen, or mm-hmm. now I'm questioning this, or now I've got buddies that are making fun of me, and you can go on and on. And that helmet of salvation becomes that protection for our thoughts. And as we begin to get stronger and stronger in the Lord, and he protects our head. And many times in the Bible, uh, symbolically, the head represented the whole body. So that salvation is for us, for our whole body, but it's protected by that helmet of salvation. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I do too. And I I think about uh, the helmet because the the mind is where Satan attacks us so oh, yeah. Yeah. many times. You right. know, Joyce Meyer had that book, The Battlefield of the Mind. That is where he likes to confuse and cause doubt and anxiety, and even about our salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have you ever had times where you wonder, gosh, am I really saved? Lord, could you possibly forgive me of the things I've done? You know, Satan loves to place those seeds of doubt and I think that's why that helmet of salvation, knowing we are saved, and also keeping our thoughts on the Savior. Mm-hmm. Protecting us from temptation, all those things. That's If we can keep our head protected, if we can keep our thoughts protected, man, we are on the way to yeah. winning the battle. Yeah. yeah. I always wondered, Brian, why your mom never let you wear a helmet when you rode a bike and she used yeah. to shove you it down. It explains a lot. It does I, explain a lot, but no. I already rode on a little yellow bus, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Um, the helmet, yeah. But, you know, really think about it. You know, these kids today, the playgrounds are all fluffy and plastic and they got all these wood chips. We played on concrete, hanging over concrete off of steel monkey bars, smashing our head. Did our parents really love us? And we didn't have helmets. We no. didn't have knee pads. No. We didn't. I remember one time our friends I was, would have made fun of us, and they should have. Exactly. <laughs> I remember riding it. down the hill full speed in about third grade. All I had on was shorts. I had no long pants. Had no shirt. And I'm going down the hill full speed, and I'm gripping my hand grips, and slowly they begin sliding off. (laughs) And at at about full speed, I look up, and I've got two hand grips in my hands. (laughs) The 
wheel makes a turn. I do a Superman across the street, the cement road for 10 or 15 feet, and I am just shredded down the front of my body. I see my mom over here talking to a lady, and I go run into her, and it was a mess. So, yeah, we're tough, though. I still live to talk about it. Yeah, but you were crying when you ran to your mom. Oh, you had to go there. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know what all that just had to do yeah, yeah. with spiritual warfare, but, you know, uh, riding bikes, that, that could have been warfare back in the day. Okay, so let's get back. We obviously needed a helmet then. That's we right. Need, we need the helmet of salvation. Next, we read about the sword of the Spirit. Yeah, the sword of the Spirit, it tells us in God's Word that that is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is our Bible. And, of course, they go together because the Bible was inspired. It was written by the Holy Spirit. So that was the sword of the Spirit. Very interesting that it's the only offensive weapon out of all the weapons that he talks about there that the sword of the Spirit is the only offensive one. And if you think back back in Matthew, the fourth chapter, when Jesus was in the wilderness, what did he use to come against Satan when Satan began the temptations? When Scripture. Satan kept coming mm-hmm. at him, went mm-hmm. to the Word, right. went mm-hmm. to the Word, went to yeah. the Word. Every time, that's all he had to do. He didn't have to argue with him. Mm-hmm. Just quoted the Word. You guys know I'm, I'm a big fan of Dr. Timothy Keller, uh, and uh, I heard him speaking their day, and he, he said this, and I, I know he's a Bible scholar, but 10% of all of the words of Christ in the New Testament, 10% of the time he was quoting Scripture. Mm-hmm. You think wow. about that. He was quoting the Old Testament. He right. knew yeah. how to use Scripture, and he needs to be our example. That is our sword. That's how we fight off the enemy. When we doubt if we're saved— we say, no, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, and you can battle those thoughts using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Yeah, another neat thing, Dan and, and Brian, about this was that all the other pieces come from God. Mm-hmm. Those others he gave to us, but this piece... The sword of the Spirit literally is God. Mm. It's the Holy Spirit. That's good. So the sword of the Spirit is God. The rest of them were given to us by God. So it's him that gives us that offensive weapon to truly come against the forces that we're facing every day. Love it. I love it. I'll tell you something else, Terry, that I've noticed when we're reading this is that it talks about everything, the chest, the, the, you know, gird your loins, uh, you, get, you have your helmet, got your sword, but your back is open. It's vulnerable. Mm. But why is that? Because God has our back and he wants us to continually move forward, never to back up, continually mm. moving forward. Yeah, yeah. that's That's good. why he says, stand your ground. Stand your ground. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at the end of all of this, talking about all of the weapons and all the armor of God, it says, and pray in the Spirit. This is important because we're talking about spiritual warfare, and this is where the warfare is won. The battle is done in prayer. And some people, you know, they, they pray in the morning. They say, hey, Lord, help me today. Thanks. And they're out the door. And at <laughs> night, hey, God, sorry I didn't spend more time, but thanks. 
and uh, help me to sleep good. You know, that's not spending time in prayer. It says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Mm -hmm. Prayer is so important, just as important. The Word of God and prayer go hand in hand as our our two main weapons there. Pray constantly. That's That's where you become a warrior. You've heard the term prayer warrior. I've known some real prayer warriors, Mm -hmm. and Brian, you're you're one of them, and, and Terry is too. You guys, you know how to, when there's a need... And, and you guys have been praying for me and my sister and, and John. It's so great to have this team of, of guys who love God and who know how to pray. But the battle is in the spiritual realm, right? It is in the spiritual realm. It, uh, there's a battle going on regardless of what our opinion is. We can be warmongers or we can be conscious, conscientious objectors. But there is a war going on. It's going on in the heavenlies. But the best thing about it is that Jesus has come and he's conquered. The yes. war is already won. It's already won in the heavens. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus told us that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So he's talking about the heavenlies as well here as here on earth. So I look at that verse and, about, and I look at it for my everyday victory with God because uh, all authority is, is Jesus. It's his. And it adds up to victorious living in Christ for me. And I really yeah. think that that's what goes on with the war in the heavenlies when we uh, uh, look at that and say we have the victory already because Christ has all authority has been given to him. Yeah, that's good, Brian. And, you know, we we realize how important prayer is because that is basically turning it over to God. Exactly. And that's the bottom line. That's the only way we will conquer the enemy. So many times in the Old Testament, it says the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. If you remember Jehoshaphat, he was praying. He was scared to death because all these countries came together to just ravage him. And God told him, the battle's not yours. It's mine. And then he had a resounding victory. And if we'll just keep that in our heads, you know. Yep. Yeah. And it's important to realize in the end, we win. Christ right. is going to win. And I think of those, the verses I read in our last uh, episode, Isaiah, I believe it's 12, 14. Yeah, Isaiah 14, 12 through 17, that when at the end Satan is exposed and he walks out, people <laughs> say, is this the guy? This <laughs> yeah. is the guy that was doing all this? Because God will seem so much greater and so much more powerful but you have to stay persistent in all of this, guys. You can't give the devil a foothold. You can't give him a place. I've learned it's so important to have that full armor of God stand firm with the belt of truth. Got to stay in the truth. Got to stay in his word. The breastplate of righteousness. We need to be living righteously, rightly before God, obeying his commandments your feet shod with the readiness from the gospel of peace that helps you to stand firm, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of spirit. Guys, it's all there, but we have to use it. That's right. Yep. Yep. We we have to take it upon ourselves daily to to pray 
and to search, to research, to read the word, and you know, and ask the Lord to take over in these situations. We try to do things ourselves all the time. Whenever something comes up here, I want to dive in and just okay, I can take care of it and do it. But that's when the anxiety hits and all this, and it's God saying, "Hand it over to me. I'm, I got, I got the broad shoulders. I could take care yeah. of it. I've already done it. I've done it for you." And yeah. when we do that, our day becomes better. Our load becomes lighter. And then we can see God's blessings as, as he's, as he's uh, revealing them to us. And I think it's important, guys, in our country, in our world today, to stand up for what's right. You think of David. He heard Goliath just taunting yeah. the children of Israel. Right. And he said, you know, here David's a little boy. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's, <laughs> that's talking against our God? He said, I will, I will go fight him. Yeah, and he ran to him, and it only took right. one stone. And and Terry, you often talk about use what's in your hand. One stone, God guided it. Boom, giant fell. Yep. So man, what a great thing! I was I was sitting here reflecting on everything that we've talked about and realized how important all these things are to win the battle. That we have to rely on God's power, have to put on the whole armor, have to draw on the power of the Scripture pray with perseverance, stand firm, submit to God, and then resist the devil. Yeah, that's it. It's a formula for success in the spiritual realm, and the victory will be God's. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. Remember, I'm going to end with what we started with, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Take that today and be blessed. And we'll see you next time for another edition of Finish Strong. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.